We welcome all who gather with us today in the pews as we see our numbers growing. And to those who join us by way of the live stream, we welcome you as well in spiritual communion. Know that as we begin Holy Week next week with Palm Sunday, and then Holy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil, and Easter Sunday, we will be live streaming these masses and ceremonies for those who have to be with us by way of home and wherever you are, know that we are united in bonds of charity and peace and prayer together as one parish. Let's reflect for a moment on one of the most significant beliefs that we have as Catholic Christians. We have many that distinguish us from any other religion the world has ever known, but one in particular is the incarnation. Incarnate, in the flesh. God takes on total humanity in Jesus of Nazareth. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a wise man. He's not just a guru, a Pied Piper, a wonder worker. This is not just a Superman. That's the way most of the world will always look at Jesus, as some kind of Superman, Superman, but not God, not divine. In a moment we're about to say, as we say every Sunday in our creed, and it took 300 years for the church to really grapple with all this, one in being, consubstantial with the Father, one in substance with God, is the Lord Jesus. He is the Lord, our God, a divine human. Fascinating. Again, the only religion to proclaim this, the only religion ever to proclaim a God who becomes a man in Jesus. Therefore, fully human, fully and profoundly and perfectly human in every way. Wow. So let's reflect on amidst the many different dimensions of humanity that Jesus must have laughed. Laughter, says Aristotle, is a proper accident to human nature. Laughter, humor, to laugh at oneself, to laugh at the silliness of life, to laugh, to enjoy. But you know, there's no record of that in any of the Gospels. Now, my fundamentalist friends say, because it's not there written in the Bible, he never laughed. They don't understand the incarnation. He must have laughed. He must have had a very profound sense of humor. Why? Because that's essential to human nature. And God creates what he does, and therefore it's intelligent. So when he takes it on in the flesh, he takes on the fullness and the beauty, the maturity, the emotional health of this man. So he had to laugh. In fact, for ancient Jews, laughter is very important. To tell the story and to laugh. So we come now to another emotion. And this one's clearly explicit in the Gospels. Jesus cries. Again, it's part of our human nature to mourn, to be sorrowful, to be sad. And not only to cry, but in the case of Today's gospel, Jesus wept 
Jesus flavit in Latin. Jesus wept. Now that's more profound than just crying. It's a deep moaning from the depths of one's soul. It's the most profound agony to weep sorrowfully. He loved Martha and Mary. He loved Lazarus, his friend. How many of you have lost a really close friend, a loved one, and you just don't cry? You maybe weep. You really are so profoundly saddened, sorrowfully, that you've lost this wonderful friend, your father, your mother, a husband, a wife, a child, any good friend close to you. And the older we get, we just tend to find more and more of our friends who are moving on, passing on, dying. As I get older as a priest, I'm going to more and more funerals. In fact, I'm going to a funeral this Wednesday night, a vigil mass for the repose of the soul of Monsignor Godfrey Mosley, former pastor here at St. Anne's who died recently from complications of a stroke. He was here as pastor from 2004 to 2016. I remember our friendship. I knew him since the mid 80s when he was studying in Rome and I was there and got to know him very well and I'm very saddened by his death. We were close friends. Over the years that he was here, it was not always easy to administer this parish. There were some tough times. St. Anne's Academy closed and it was a difficult moment for him. He shared that agony with me. It was not easy for him to make decisions here. But he loved St. Anne's in his own way. And the day that I arrived to succeed him was July the 7th, 2016. The letter of appointment said, be there at 12 noon. That's the change of command. Well, I was seven minutes late arriving from downtown. And so I rang the doorbell. He was already packed and ready. And his first words to me were, you're late. I said, oh, I'm so sorry, Monsignor. He said, well, here are the keys. Good luck. Goodbye. I think it was sad. I think there was a certain sadness in his leaving. And I was sad for him to hear the news that he had died. So for those who wish to attend, there is limited seating at St. Gabriel's Parish, which will host a vigil mass this coming Wednesday night, March 24th at 7.30 p.m., and the Mass of Christian Burial the next day, Thursday the 25th at 11 a.m. Please pray for the repose of Monsignor Mosley. I bring all that up because Jesus weeps for him. Jesus weeps for you. You see, even in the glorified flesh, even in the glory of the resurrected body, all those emotions, all of those natural, beautiful dimensions of humanity are perfected. They're not lost. They're perfected. They're profoundly per perfected. Do you know what it means to have a perfect laugh? A profoundly perfect sense of humor. A profoundly perfect sense of sorrow. We only believe that two people have that. 
in their profound, glorified nature. Jesus, and because of her immaculate conception, Mary. That's why we call her Our Lady of Sorrows, the Pietà, this beautiful replica by Michelangelo that we're privileged to have here at St. Anne's, one of only a hundred in the world. Our Lady of Sorrows, she weeps as well. Now, why are they weeping? Because they are sad. And the thing that makes them weep so much is our sin. They don't want us to live sinful lives. They don't want to live, as, live in the death of the world that way, because that doesn't bring us joy. It confuses us, it frustrates us, it makes us weird. It complicates our lives and makes us angry and uncharitable and greedy and lustful and all the stuff that goes with it. Read about it in the Washington Post every day, right? Turn on the television. Turn on your iPhone, your iPad, this, that. You, you, you can find it. And Jesus and Mary weep profoundly for humanity, even now. And St. Paul says that beautifully in today's reading, the letter to the Hebrews. In the days when Christ was in the flesh, he offered prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears. See, we don't think about that. We think that Jesus is happy, 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 yeah. But happiness in the fullness of heaven is also the humanity in its fullness, perfected. In fact, we know that when he appeared to the apostles that night of Easter Sunday, 2,000 years ago, how did they recognize him? The wounds the lance that pierced his side. They recognized the glorified body of Jesus. Even in heaven, Jesus has the wounds. What? Yeah. He remembers and weeps because he remembers what it was, what we did to him on the cross and what we continue to do to him by our lack of charity our lies, our deceit, all the stuff that we get do when we get caught up in the world way too much. He continues to weep. He is sad, profoundly, because he loves us. When you really love someone, you are saddened when they are not living properly. You're saddened yourself when you're not living the way God wants you to live. And you know that, I know that. It's called sin, it's a wake-up call. Lent has always been about an intense way to say, look, I have to come clean with the Lord. Because why? He has called me his friend. That's what he said to the disciples, I no longer call you slaves, I call you friends. Now this is the only religion that I know of in the world in which God calls his subjects Friends. Now, what's a friend? A true friend. Oh, not just someone I know, a colleague, an acquaintance. No, a true, real friend is someone who has your back. Someone who listens to you and really hears you and knows you and wants the best for you. 
and is there to help you, encourage you, support you, pray for you. They are so much the better side of us. Now, we know that. Again, friendship is so naturally important in the created order for our ha happiness here, our joy on earth. So Jesus had friends too. Another aspect of his, his, his humanity, he had friends. Martha, Mary, Lazarus. He spent time with them. He was in their home. He profoundly loved his good friend, Lazarus. That's why he is so saddened and sad for Martha and Mary. And so as St. Paul says, with loud cries and tears, he offers his prayer and supplication before God on the behalf of Lazarus, Martha, and Mary, his friends. And he's doing that right now at every Mass for you, for me, for his friends. He still cries. That's not because we should be sad. It's because we should be grateful that he cares so much. This is the profound beauty of, of sorrow, is that it's actually a sign of love, of profound love, of care and reverence for the person. It's really something we miss and we're far too quick to move on, right? After the funeral of a loved one. Move on, close that chapter, move ahead, uh, better day tomorrow. Uh, okay, don't move too fast. Mourn the loss of a friend. It's a good thing. It's an act of love. And that's what's going on here. Lazarus had been dead four days. Jesus comes to the tomb and is perturbed. Perturbare. Turbare is turbulence. And perturbare means convulsing. Perturbed. Not just anxious, but really moved by this. Another dimension of his humanity and ours. So he raises his friend from the dead as a kind of foreshadowing of his own resurrection. Notice the detail. It was a cave. A stone lay across it. The stone is removed. Lazarus comes out bound head to foot in burial bands. Does it sound familiar to Jesus? What our Lord is doing there is identifying with his own death, which is about to take place. Oh, he's perturbed not only because of his friend, he is perturbed because of what he has to go through. Oh, this is very profound, friends, when you reflect on the real humanity of Jesus, who is God. Wow. It's a lesson for us. It's a lesson in charity to mourn and to be sorrowful for others at their loss and to extend to them the charity of bringing them the peace and joy of the gospel as Jesus brought to Martha and Mary and the friends that gathered. And friends, as we enter into Holy Week next week, imagine, where are you in the array of characters? Are you a friend of Jesus? Will you be there as he carries his cross? 
Are you there now to help him, to encourage him, to support him, to listen to him? We think he has to do that for us all the time. Wait, 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 it's a friendship. Works two ways. What am I doing for him? Was I there? What was my response during Holy Week if I was there? Would I have been supportive? Would I have wept with him? Or would I have run away? Are you Peter? Are you Judas? Are you Veronica? Are you Simon the Cyrene, who didn't want to get involved? No, not me, don't count on me, I can't be a friend. Yes, you are. Here's the cross, take it, get involved. Interesting. All the characters come out in terms of either a friend or a foe to Jesus next week. And that story lives on in you and me, 2,000 years later, in all of us. So we have here the invitation to draw closer to him, to identify with him in his suffering, in his laughter, in his joys, in the ups and downs of life, because all that is real, a God-made man in Jesus, whom we adore, and so loves us as friends, that he even gives us now his body and blood. What greater gift, what greater love could there ever be than a God-man who knows you and knows what it means to be human at every turn of the day.